0: Are we doing this? Really? Wait for it. Are we doing this? Wait for it. wow What the fuck? WTF. And it's also, eh, what the fuck? What's wrong with me? It's time for WTF. What the fuck?
1: With Mark Marin.
0: Okay, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck What the fuck, buddies? Whatever the fuck you want to talk about or call yourself, not talk about. I kind of know what I want to talk about. Thank you for listening. I am Mark Maron. This is WTF. Thank you for all your emails. I am putting together an email show as we speak because I got a lot of them, and a lot of them are, are very engaging, very sincere, some slightly disturbing. Uh, a few of them are funny. I'm looking forward to putting that together so you can look forward to that too. I am coming to you right now from New York City. I'm in New York City for the week. I came back specifically to to do some WTF business and to do some New York business. I came by myself. I'm now in a radio studio, which uh, I got to be honest with you, uh, a little better than my garage. It's it's a little better than the cat ranch garage. I've got there's mic booms, there's things hanging, there are clocks, there are several computers. Uh, Brendan is here. It's just like I have a real job again. Only I don't. I'm still just doing the podcast from New York City. So I get here. Here's the deal. Here, here's where I am at in my life. I'm, I'm cutting corners uh, economically, financially. I don't know how you want to call it. I'm trying to save money. So I didn't get a hotel. Usually I try to find a cheap hotel on Hotels.com or whatever and uh, try to find one in New York, which is hard. So a friend of a friend owns a building in Astoria. So I rented a basement apartment for a week in Astoria where I still have an apartment that I'm subletting but can't live in. Fine. So I figure... Basement apartment, how bad could it be? And you know what? It's pretty bad, but I don't care because it's like a vacation to me. I don't know what's going on with me in my life or why this is not like at another point in my life. If I was in a basement apartment in Astoria on my visit to New York, there would be no way I wouldn't see that as a reflection of my place in the world. Like, why am I sitting among other people's storage in a basement? with a a shower that leaks and there's a washing and dryer or washing machine and dryer there that doesn't work. There's no TV. And again, I'm in Astoria, Queens. How does this not mean that my life has, has crashed, has come to some sort of screaming halt? But no, that's not how I felt at all. I was like, this is, this is like a Zen retreat. I have, I have no TV. And the shower leaks and I can just sit here in the basement, plinking away on my computer, listening to the drip, drip, drip in the shower and find great solace in it, great universal connection, just a peace of mind. Man, I'm selling this hard to myself. It's fucking depressing. But I do know Astoria, and it is good to be back in New York. And then the blizzard came and I don't care what anybody says. I left New York at just the right time, right before winter. So I come back. Hey, there's a blizzard for three days. I like snow. I was so happy to see the snow. And everybody around me was miserable, but I was happy. And I did uh, I did some New York things uh, alone. I'm, I'm doing it alone. And again, in another point in my life, it would have been an indication of utter sadness and defeat but it was not. I went to my dentist. That was fun. I went to my dentist because I have a fear that my gums are receding to the point where I'm going to have a mouth that looks like a skeleton or some sort of a Day of the Dead poster. Uh, but, but apparently things are not as bad as I thought. And he found, like, I had a problem with one of my teeth. So he said, you know, maybe we should put a filling in that. And my dentist sort of an unusual guy. Not a lot of personality. Not a great sense of humor. And a little sexually ambiguous. Like, I spend a lot of time at my dentist wondering whether or not he's gay. Not that it would matter to me. But, you know, those people where you're like, he's got to be. Maybe he's not. You're looking for rings. You're looking for some indication. Not, you know, not cock rings. But, I mean, you're looking for a wedding ring. You're looking for any sort of, like, you're you're trying to parse their language to uh to see if they're gay just it's just something to do as opposed to pay attention to the fact that he's you know what they do now you remember when you go to the dentist and they'd scrape your teeth that with that thing and they'd scrape them clean and just scrape 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 and then they'd floss and they'd make you bleed all the time they'd run that horrendous metal instrument along the line of your gums now they sandblast your teeth did you know that does your guy do that brendan no, I still get the medieval butchery. Are you serious? Yeah. No, they got this new machine where literally they fill it with like a, a grit, like a, a grain of a, some sort of gritty thing. And they literally, they sandblast your teeth. And it was, it was beautiful. And then they do a very tight uh, water stream. None of that bleeding and that, that shit. It was spectacular. So, so now I got this, like one of my teeth fell off. So a piece fell off and my doctor, uh, my sexually ambiguous dentist said, "Um, maybe we should put a filling in that or you need a filling. And I'm like, well, can you do it now? He says, well, why don't you come back in an hour and a half? And I'm like, great. So I went to the Carnegie Deli and there's nothing a dentist really appreciates more. I had a brisket sandwich with garlic pickles, sour pickles, sour tomatoes, and I ate that. And I came in with half the sandwich still left. So I walk in with the smell of garlic and brisket and pickles that I put in the closet at the dentist's office. Then I go in to get my filling with the the history of the Jewish people on my breath. And he didn't flinch. I guess he's seen worse. Filled the tooth. I got out and uh, went about my day. So that's been my trip to New York. This episode, I am having an international act. Can I call it that? I, I don't know if I can call it that, but I met Glenn Wool in Edinburgh, uh, Scotland, where I was for a month uh, d- during one of the darker periods of my life. I was there alone in a flat, uh, recently uh, separated. I was miserable. 30 days, small audiences. I was I was at, at the bottom of uh, whatever uh, my sense of self is. And Glenn Wool was uh, was there, and I met him. He was doing a one-person show. And he's originally Canadian, but has spent the last decade working in England and he's very funny he's very uh, a little abstract a very decent guy a raconteur and uh, he's coming to the garage so I hope you enjoy my interview with Glenn Wool. you said bitterness is the punch drunk of comedy
1: yeah man yeah, they'll they'll, uh, they'll let you come down and train, but it's sad to watch. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: we just did that a second time too, because hey, hey, I said get up that, on it. Oh, We've done get... that two times because I said that, and it was just as the uh, mic was firing up. Yeah, I'm just so.
0: getting level set. We'll see if that that works. Well, I I I like the analogy of that that the analogy of uh, that the bitter guy like, oh yeah, there he is, still at it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> look at him go you know he used to have something too he really could uh, he could land one every once yeah, in a while yeah yeah
1: no you can see he's still all right on the bag but watch him put his stuff away <laughs> it's real slow no no that's your hat john that's your that's your hat oh <laughs> let him go let yeah. him let him go with it like oh, that. shouldn't we help him the, the, uh, it would have been ten years ago and we would've the only way we could have helped him was stopping that fight in the third. <laughs> That's what he needs. So we just gotta let him go, huh? Yeah. All right. Don't let him drive. Yeah. No coffee for some someone. Someone ought to call
0: him. I've always thought that bitterness was amplified self pity. Yeah. I, I, you know, there's a pride to it, and there's a, because that's coming from a guy who I was prematurely bitter. I was diagnosed (laughs) uh, with premature bitterness.
1: Right in high school,
0: huh? Yeah, in in high school, early diagnosis, thank God. And they tried a lot of medications. I tried a lot of medications uh, that just didn't work. And eventually I just had to realize that. wow, maybe things aren't going to turn out exactly how I wanted to, and uh, perhaps maybe I should uh, lower my expectations and realize my limitations and work within them and try to have a little humility and uh, be a decent person.
1: Yeah. That's, I,
0: I do what I can.
1: It's about control.
0: It is. It's all about control.
1: You know? But the, the,
0: the, the bitter guys are the ones who think they're in control. They're just tightly wrapped, and they're explosive. Like, yeah, yeah if that's what control looks like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you see it as control? uh
1: well well that's that's where it comes from they're, they're control freaks in the first place right and uh then uh you know life doesn't start working exactly as they need it to work to for you know for them to be who they are in their own head which is it's always amplified right to who they actually are you know? right
0: it, that's that's true it, it, i think it is about control but the you know what's interesting about that i'm talking to glenn wool by the way his uh is in my garage here at the Cat Ranch overlooking the barrio in Highland Park, California. <clears throat> He's the first to smoke in the garage, which I find uh, enchanting. Thank you. Because uh, as an ex-smoker, I, I I welcome it.
1: Yeah, it's helping with the gum. Yeah, the, yeah, I got
0: the nicotine gum. I actually took the nicotine gum and I said, "Won't you enjoy a little uh, contact buzz?" <laughs> yeah. You know, they, you know, don't don't look a gift horse in the mouth. Uh, but I, it's nice because it kind of it kind of. You know, I think there's a slight hint of cat pee in here, but I, it's hard for me to know because I think I actually have cat pee in my in my nose. Uh, that's yeah. always there from all the cats.
1: Well, yeah. If you if you if you can smell it,
0: yeah, then it's really bad exactly but i maybe i'm wrong but the cigarettes do smell nice but uh we were talking about bitterness and then we went to oh the control freak the, the thing about people that are, are that way that are that are bitter and they're tightly wrapped is is eventually they become uh uh one of god's clowns because they they no longer they think that they've got everything under control and they're keeping everything real close and those are always the kind of people that spill coffee on themselves and, <laughs> yeah, birds will shit on those people oh. You yeah. Know, have you noticed that?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's and, just a comedy
0: uh, of errors because it's sort of like, you know, lighten the fuck up.
1: Yeah. And and, and people uh, people who know them will come from miles around if they're aware that they have a flat tire. or, yeah, exactly. oh, I got to see this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and the AA's taking a little while to get there. Yeah. Whoa.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Just watch them spin around. Yeah. Why don't they have a police helicopter going around taping people like that? Just. <laughs> People that are uncomfortable or stranded.
1: We do not actually know what those police police co- helicopters are doing. No. It, it could be very well that it's all just for the big Christmas party at the end of the year. Uh, who, <laughs> watch, who,
0: watch this guy. Who knows? All I know is when I hear him around here in this neighborhood, I always wonder, like, is there a guy in my garage? Is he hiding down the hill from me? Whoever they're chasing, if they're looking for him around here because it's sort of wooded up here, I'm like... I might have a guest in the house.
1: Exactly. Get the <laughs> mics fired up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's do a podcast. Yeah. And then you can take the guitars. Put the gun down. Yeah. I just want to get this on tape. <laughs> so now you, uh, I met you in, in Sydney, right? now in, in Edinburgh, in Edinburgh, Scotland, during a very uh, miserable time in my life, uh, in the middle of a separation and quite heartbroken. and you know, stranded there in Edinburgh doing a show about that situation to very small audiences, and you were sort of a beacon of light there, uh, because I went to see your show that I remember was very funny and opened with a a very rapid montage of mustaches. Yeah. Uh, Not unlike your own. There's many mustaches. It didn't have a lot to do with the rest of the show, but the the mustache montage was definitely worth the mustache (laughs) plug. Didn't have something that was the title of the show something to do with mustaches?
1: Uh, that one, I think, was Promises, Promises. And no, I don't think it had...
0: Uh... But there was a mustache montage. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. And it's it's uh, now up on uh, YouTube.
0: And oh, I don't, I don't under, know who put it there. Under what? Glen Wool? Yeah. Okay, so if you want to see the mustache montage, uh, that's there. Now, let me ask you quite honestly. In Edinburgh, it seems that the idea of the one-person show is really, for most comedians, a way to label their hour of stand-up and loosely, if at all, theme it in order for it to be presented as a one person show.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, in many occasions, they ask you to name the show
0: before uh, it's written. <laughs> So. <laughs> at least you got a starting point. Yeah. <laughs> you, you'd just be sitting there going, "I'm going to call it uh, wings over my ass." Yeah, yeah, and then you got three months to create wings try over your and, ass. Try
1: and link it every mm-hmm. little uh, mm-hmm. bit of
0: uh, the callback can be just so you move your hands like you're flying. Yeah, and then they make a fart sound. Yeah, every fifteen <laughs> or twenty minutes. Yeah,
1: and then it juts up at the fart yeah, sound yeah, like yeah. a little feather. Here yeah. we go, yeah. and everyone's like
0: that's his hook, <laughs> wings over his ass. It's wonderful. But uh, I, I remember I was, uh, you know, complaining to you about this or that, and and you were at that time were uh, you having quite a good time, throwing a few back, yeah, doing a little, uh, doing a little drugs here and there,
2: uh, occasionally,
0: occasionally. But you were married then, right? Mm. How'd that pan out?
1: Not good. Well, or <laughs> or uh, fantastically good from yeah. what, from the situation <laughs> that we were in. I mean, I think I've told you about this before, but what? there was a a point. When uh, I was on the phone uh, with uh, me and my wife, were um, we weren't separated at the time, but I mean, we might as well, it w- w- should have been or could have been, but I was away from the house anyway. But we weren't speaking for uh, a couple of weeks yeah. because uh, some reviews had come out saying that I was talking about our marital troubles. Oh. on stage uh but i i always thought it was in sort of a i was i was the one making the mistakes and
0: right she, I, I i've done that yeah sure
1: yeah yeah so she and and i had told her that look i don't read reviews nor should you uh <laughs> because that's not they're not written by me
0: right <laughs> yeah. right and, uh, and and then what happened
1: well she was very upset we didn't talk for 2 weeks and then uh we finally uh were in communication I was on the phone with her just out front of the uh the uh venue that we were That's both when in. I ran into you. That's right. And right I, then that was the point where we had both I think we both knew that our marriage was over and uh and uh you know and there's no amount of drugs or or booze that that can make that situation any better and but you know like i was just just it it was a real sort of uh crucial point in my life and then you just came up and went hey man how's it going
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm here to help yeah. <laughs> that's right that's right because i didn't know you but I yeah. met you once, and, I was, and then you were like, mm. "I just saw that depleted kind of moment of like I just had one of those fucking conversations." Yeah, and that was it.
1: That was the yeah. That was the very moment that I think we both realized that this was that your not marriage going was over. I, yeah. I realized it
0: right then with you. Yeah, I yeah. think
1: anybody within a two uh, two mile vicinity could have smelt that. Yeah,
0: many people were uh, were they, the vibe went out from your cell phone. <laughs> it's a, a, sort of a a, a, a ripple. Yeah. And everyone went, oh, Glenn, yeah. it's over for
1: Fine. him. And even the people who didn't know me, the, the epicenter of that, yeah. whatever that was, <laughs> is <laughs> over.
0: Yeah, you sucked the fun out of a bunch of drunk Scottish people in, <laughs> in a 50-yard radius. Yeah. Everyone felt a sort of bleakness that was...
1: Well, yeah. they, I, I don't I, know if that would suck the fun out of them. It, it might uh, it, it might make them happier. <laughs> they, they do have that sort of uh, <laughs> hard-working Protestant... <Yeah. laughs>
0: Yeah, the hard-working <laughs> Protestant appreciation of schadenfreude at any point. I'm like, ah, oh, that bastard got his. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, yeah, I, you know, I've had issues with that over the years, and because if you do the kind of comedy that you do, or that I do, where you, you draw from your life, that's where you're coming from. I mean, you, you go off in, in into your world, and I go off into mine, but, you know, you gotta be able to talk about your fucking life. Yeah. And then, like, after a certain point with certain women, depending on exactly how you're portraying them on stage, they're going to be like, is that true? Do you mean that? Because maybe we ought to talk about that or maybe you shouldn't do that anymore. Yeah. And I, then and then you talk about that particular argument on stage. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then it just feeds itself into a big nightmare.
1: I uh, I have a joke in my show and it's only funny to a select few. Uh, some people find it very funny and some people don't at all. But I go, I, I do one impression. It's of my wife and uh, it goes like this. I don't talk like that. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> that's funny because, you know, the way we all characterize women's voices—does she talk like that?
1: No, not at all. Isn't she, that weird though? Because she, she we English. That, right? yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but what are we supposed to do? I mean, we just tap into the feminine frequency that has the effect on us, and that's how we make yeah. them
1: talk. Yeah, it's exact. It's like a voice uh, on a tape recorder.
0: That's not what I sound like. <laughs> <laughs> But 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 I, I think then you got to say, but the feeling is there. Yeah, there. It's, I'm capturing the tone exactly.
1: I, I'm uh, I'm making the
0: role on my own. So you started in uh, Canada. Yeah, you're Canadian. I am indeed. But you you've made your name in England.
1: Yeah, I was there for the last ten years.
0: Now, why'd you leave Canada? Because most people go to Canada.
1: Uh, not to do what I wanted to do. Most oh, really? people are running from a war. Or Uh, or, or, or or a regime uh, of uh, some sort
0: A disease where they think they may be able to get medication Yeah,
1: if we can just get to this shore Maybe I can get my foot looked uh, at Yeah,
0: (laughs) if we can make it before the captain has to take it off
1: Yeah (laughs) Uh, yeah, and, cause it, it might come off anyway because everyone looks hungry.
0: Yeah, we've been a, we've been adrift for months. Yeah, but uh, so you, you, when he you started the scene up there, because I have no real, I have a sense of some of the Canadian comics because I've recently been doing the festivals up there, but they seem to, to to dig comedy. That seems pretty embracing up there. Was it that you were just uh, an odd sort, or
1: I think so. Um, I mean, when I. I left uh, under sort of strange circumstances because um, I was just doing, you know, I was just a gigging comic uh, at a car and I was going all over Western Canada. Yeah. Cracking jokes in bars, which is not the best career, you know. And, uh, it's, it's easy for
0: me to romanticize it, but I imagine the Hicks in Canada are just as bad as the ones here.
1: Yeah, and if you don't, uh, if you have no idea that it could get any better, if that's it, like, if that's all you see for your future... It can, uh, it can get a little depressing. I mean, can, I remember uh, lying in a hotel bed one night, and uh, the two people, it was like a, a, a hotel where a lot of like uh, miners stayed. Yeah. Miners as in people who work in mines. Not and young people. Yeah. That yeah, would be that's, good. That's a different hotel. Yo, I'll say. That's my hotel now. Yeah. Well. Uh, and uh, I had come home early from another gig that uh, did not go as, those, as right.
0: I had planned. Right, those gigs where you walk out and where you're sort of running a little bit.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little, a little, a little <laughs> skip to the step. You know, there's probably a there's probably a horse term for it. It's in between a walk, a canter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, I was I was lying in uh, in in my bed, just wondering, you know, what 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 am I doing? Yeah and, two and when am i
0: going to die yeah yeah <laughs> when will i finally die <laughs> uh, yeah i've had that that yeah. that that is what you call the precipice of bitterness you were <laughs> yeah. you were at the precipice of bitterness dip in a toe yeah Ooh. i can feel the future yeah <laughs> and it looks like a lot of these hotels yeah i'm gonna skip the free breakfast and get the fuck out of this country is that...
1: <laughs> well here's here's what happened uh, yeah Two two miners sharing a room come back and uh, they're both a little gassed up and uh, they're happy though they're they're jovial like jovial in miners the yeah. yeah
0: they've been in the hole all day and now exactly. they've had a
1: had a couple of a couple scoops of pops yeah and uh, now it's bed yeah and. Uh, so, one, uh, they're walking down the hall, and uh, one guy, they, you, know, you can almost tell that they're arm in arm, like two, two 1950s movie tramps, you know. Ah, right, right. Rascals. Uh, yeah. yeah. And uh, he's like, hey, uh, you got the key? He's like, uh, no, no, you got it. <laughs> and they get up to the door. He's like, no, you got it. And he's like, no, 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 wait a second. And then he pats his pants and yeah. he's oh, no, I got it. We'll get the fucking key out. I'm getting the key out. We'll get it out now. I'm trying to get it out of my goddamn. bag. Pops him. <laughs> yeah. And then not not just enough for for one. Like you can tell, this man's now down on the ground whimpering and. It,
0: uh, Again? Uh, Again.
1: And then what are you doing? <laughs> and then and then like even like the pleading stops and now just a whimpering and you hear like a half exposed key out of a pant pocket oh, get God. plucked out and the door open <laughs> and it closes and the man still maintaining his fetal position in the hallway. Oh, my God. And he... I, I flipped over, and there's nothing I can do. I don't know any CPR, and I certainly don't want to be the first one into this guy's life.
0: But, but you saw this as a, as a sign from the great cosmic unknown that you need to change your path.
1: Yeah, I don't think I need to be staying in in accommodation where men are being beaten for as little as slow exposure of a key. Yeah, yeah
0: right. A, a friend. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine what he'd done to me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know. And the, the sad thing is, they probably woke up the next day and like, you okay? Sorry, I drank too much.
1: Yeah, I, I I bet you the guy doesn't even know why he woke up in the hall. <laughs> he's, like, he's probably like, I don't, I don't remember much of last night. Mm-hmm. I didn't say nothing, eh? Yeah. I do anything crazy? Yeah, mm-hmm. weird thing is, I mean, I know I make those comments, but I don't even know any black people. <laughs> I don't know why I've got such a I don't
0: know.
1: Mm. Must have fell down the stairs with my face, And too. the guy
0: was like, yeah, I think you did. I'm <laughs> sorry. I, I kind of got lost, too. I know. <laughs> But I, yeah, I I know that feeling. There's those, you know, when you drive for hours and you put up with those, there was a gig once in, uh, it was on Nantucket. There was an Island gig. It was, I lived in Boston and you had to take the boat, the ferry to Nantucket to do this rock club called the Muse and Island people, they're Island people for a reason. The locals never leave. And then the, they have a vacation business, so, you know, the people go to the island, but they come back, but the island people stay. <laughs> and this was their bar. It was an island person bar, and then all you do on an island is drink and talk about how everyone who doesn't live on the island is a fucking asshole. And it was a rock club, so, but you couldn't, You the show ended before you could get a fucking boat back. So they put you up in this band house, which was really, this cinder block bunker with bunk beds in it and it's me and this guy mike moto who was a local comic in boston and you know he was okay but you know he just was a sort of a career middle uh that never changed his act much and uh, it was very straight and not much risk just straight jokes talked very regular and it was me and him in this bunkhouse and I was like, and the show was bad. And I was like, God damn it. How the fuck are we going to sleep? And I'm there with Mike Moto. There's no furniture in this place. It's these bunk beds. And he's like, you want to do some Coke? And I'm like, that is the last fucking thing. Why would I want to stay awake anymore for this? I mean, what 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 would be the point? And when you realize you don't want to do Coke yeah. you know, after a gig because you do not want to in any way be awake. You want the you want to get off the island and get morning there as quickly as possible and doing coke with Mike Modo, not that he's a bad guy, but it's just like, there's no fucking way. So cut to four in the morning, we're doing the coke. And I, <laughs> <laughs> we've talked about a lot of shit. Yeah, we uh, straightened yeah, it out. Yeah, we straightened it out, got about an hour's sleep, we're on the boat trying to hold down puke for, uh, <laughs> for the ride back. <laughs> and... Uh, And uh, that was one of those times where it's like, how do I, how do I transcend this? And I think that really the weird thing about the road and about the American road, about any road is that eventually two things can happen. Either you build your act, your creativity gets stifled and you build your act to accommodate the people that are coming, uh, which means to, to play by road rules and to, to, to become generalized or, or, or mediocre. Or you build a you know, you, you stick by your guns and somehow build a, a tremendous following by, by doing it. You know, it's a gamble either way. But you chose to go to England because it was more embracing?
1: Yeah, I got in a car accident.
0: And, and you ended up in England? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's Where a are bad you? Bad
1: kids. <laughs> that's what I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> Uh no. Uh, I got uh, Whiplash, and mm. I took uh I took the money for that. And uh, I'd uh, a few years uh, earlier, I'd won ten thousand dollars on a scratch ticket.
0: Really? Yeah. Yeah. Did you continue playing after that?
1: No, I wasn't. Even, the only reason I purchased it is because Jean Chrétien our uh, Prime Minister at the time in Canada. Yeah. He'd ran on a platform saying that uh, he was going to lower the price of smokes because everyone was going down to the States to get them. So this price of smokes went down by a buck. So I was getting a pack of smokes and uh, what would have cost me six forty-five before now cost me five eighty-fives. paying with a five and a toonie. I thought, I've got an extra dollar. Give me a scratch ticket. Give me a scratch ticket. So what we're telling you here, kids, is that smoking makes you money. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah.
0: You heard it here first.
1: And that's why I, I have never gambled again, because nothing will ever feel like that. Nothing will ever feel like a 19-year-old boy winning $10,000. On a lark. On a lark. Checking it twice, three... T- it, am I seeing three numbers? Because you've had that before, sure, you know. You sure, sure. You wish you've the numbers. won? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, oh, that's a, that, that's a thousand. Can you imagine how that would have been? No. Ten grand. Yeah, man. I and, feel like
0: going to get scratch tickets right now. Well... I got, but I got a bug for that shit. You know, I got to be careful with that because my dad calls me. He's like, "Look, I got a system Oh. for geez. a scratch ticket. <laughs> How's that working out for you? W- when is the system going to pay off?"
1: Yeah, they won't let me buy them in Vegas,
0: man. They know. <laughs> All right, so you got ten grand, and uh, ten you, grand. You some... decided to uh, to not get your neck fixed.
1: No, no. Well, I love
0: those. I love decisions that are made around insurance, buddy. Like I got into a car wreck, and I I got like two grand, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go pay five hundred bucks to fix it, and I'm going to have fifteen hundred dollars and a fucking trunk that leaks for the rest of time. (laughs) Okay, so you got what? You got like eighteen thousand dollars, yeah, or so, yeah. And you say I'm getting on a boat, or you got on a plane, probably. Yeah, we do planes. So you fly to England, and you just you just set up.
1: Uh I didn't go to England first. I went to uh Europe and backpacked around. And then I was in a uh... Did you,
0: Were you looking for yourself? Mm. Or just getting laid?
1: Uh well, if those are the choices, I was looking for myself. <laughs> 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 um, out of those two things, mm. uh no, I was uh I was in uh, Copenhagen staying in a hostel and i was doing some laundry and and this had been about two weeks uh since i'd done a gig and um you don't realize uh until you stop gigging how much you
0: actually need it for your release you gotta stay in shape yeah, well just you gotta yeah. you gotta get it out yeah because your eyes start to bulge and you know you start to sweat a weird smell yeah yeah i know
1: and uh, the, I was in a laundromat washing
0: that weird smell out of my clothes. <laughs> we, just, we spontaneously broke into a set at the laundromat no. in Copenhagen?
1: <laughs> no. Hey, can I get everyone's attention? Yeah, yeah. T- turn that machine off. No, no, it'll be good. It'll be good. Uh, so I, uh, there was a beautiful young uh, Danish woman uh, also doing her laundry. And uh, of course, I started to uh, you know try every move in the book. Would that, what'd that look like? Yeah. Are these
0: yours that I just took out of your dryer? They're yeah. really pretty. Yeah, you might well, have I'm a dry st- them on. <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm like, uh, so uh, what's what's there to do in Copenhagen? Mm. And uh, she's just uh, she's uh, she's still polite. Like I, I think she's flattered. Yeah. by the attention.
0: Does she understand English? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, oh okay. they all do. Yeah. Oh, Scandinavia. They they speak better English than the English. There's part of me that really wants to go there, and I. It's it, your cock. Is it yeah. <laughs> You might be right? Yeah, a, a buddy of mine told me like he, he had family up there, so he goes to visit and he said he stopped at a gas station and go to a convenience store and he walked in and he was like, My God, there's a supermodel working at the convenience yeah. store. Yeah. <laughs> like who, they all look like who, that. Who thinks she's hideous? She's like, Yeah, it's
1: the only thing that's good for me. I mean, as you can tell, I am like, ugly like a troll who should be shot onto a bridge. <laughs> So um, I will I will wash your windshield too, but I'll do it with my face away so you don't have to see it when it's clean. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, I'm going. I uh, say to the woman, "What what's going on in Copenhagen?" Mm. Uh, which is is it's always my line, and it just happened to be that I was in Copenhagen. So <laughs> good, it's a better chance of working. What's
0: going on in?
1: Copenhagen, that's where I am (laughs) Uh, and she went uh, I don't know uh, people go to stand up comedy sometimes and at that point it went from me trying to get laid to what? Where do they where where do they do it? Uh, But it's in the square over there. The the square. I'm not looking at your tits anymore. I really need to know this now. (laughs) I can do that. Yeah, I can do stand up comedy. Yeah, yeah. I I hadn't even got to that part. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, you, so you went down there? Yeah, she told me the where the square was, and uh, I went and uh, took. I could. I, it was a poster in Danish, but uh, you can always tell a comic's eight by ten. You know? Oh yeah, <laughs> so. yeah.
0: The, the, the thinly veiled neediness. With the, <laughs> yeah. with the pandering smile. Yeah,
1: yeah. Everyone's a in a plush toy in there too. Sure, sure. Yeah. Or some, got a duck on his shoulder. Yeah, like, yeah. With yeah. the hands
0: up. <laughs> The best ones yeah. are the composite shots where they got four pictures of them in different outfits and different expressions. I don't know if you saw that kind of stuff where you were everywhere, man. Sure, that's that's
1: a symptom. Yeah, that's the composite. Not, shot. That's not an idea. That's a symptom of sort sure. of a problem. Yeah, in-
0: I do a thing about the comedy store. Like there's so many pictures there, I believe they're sucking the energy out of the club. That the, <laughs> the, that the, the need captured. <laughs> That the cl- the club is so dark because the pictures are draining it.
1: Yeah, it's it's part of a 1970s LSD test. They oh would, hell yeah! They would put a wall of pictures up like, up like that, <laughs> yeah. and then uh, two years later, you'd shoot a Kennedy. Yeah, for Exactly. Reason.
0: They're quietly feeding and they're programming people <laughs> yeah. to, to snap. So all right, so you started doing it in, in Copenhagen, and it just yeah. and you locked in. I mean, were people like excited? Like, hey, who's this American uh, with the? With the the weird angle and the and the tilted stance.
1: Uh, well, one guy, uh, he was uh, he's a Northern Irish comic that lived in Copenhagen. He didn't he didn't like me on the patch, so uh, he he he's a, I mean he won't t- mind me telling this story because he knows that he did it. So
0: um, what does that mean? He didn't like you on the patch.
1: I, he I, didn't like me like he like being the English speaking. Oh, comic I see, there. I see. So, so yeah, yeah, he, yeah. Uh, He'd been out uh, street performing all day and then you know, busking. Some, Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, he confronted me out front of the uh, club in Denmark, uh, Copenhagen, with a drum on his back, accusing me of stealing my jokes. Really? (laughs) Like, he was getting so into it that the little cymbal was going off. Like, I don't know, you think you could come here? and uh, uh, Ding, (laughs) ding. (laughs) I'm like, what are you talking about? I, I go, what... I, I, who who did I steal my jokes from? He goes, I don't know, but you seem pretty young to know about stuff like that. <laughs> oh, I
0: didn't even have a plan. No, I didn't, yeah, I did Yeah, I kind of envy you guys that spend a lot of time over there, only in the sense that for me, when I go even to an English-speaking country, I, I feel like I I don't understand what's happening, and I, I feel singled out and uncomfortable <laughs> and alone. And that like I'm speaking? What did, they, some, what did they catch you doing? Nothing. Okay, just weeping, walking oh, down the street, like, <laughs> looking for friends. You know? <laughs> It just get so fucking uncomfortable in other countries but scotland was rough but uh but but i mean the audiences and even english speaking i guess once you learn how to you know what they want and what their expectations are or what their pace is it must be different in all the different places is it not it is there, there's subtle differences but i think the uh, similarities uh what's the difference uh, outweigh between, it like what's the difference between say also i think that some there's some part of the way i do comedy and how revealing i am and how you know uh you know raw i am that is uniquely american but you know i'm not that popular here so i don't know what i'm basing that on (laughs) like yeah some people say like you should go to england they'll love you there and i'm like but i'm so comfortable here i mean these are my people yet i can only fill half a club you know (laughs) maybe i I don't
1: want to disappoint those 50 people who come out you know expecting something different Yeah. yeah I hope you guys brought friends that want to hear the old stuff. Because... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I haven't got some new stuff. I don't have
0: any right now. But uh, see, I don't know. I'd like to go to England. I'd like to perform there. I've never been there. I was there once when I just got out of school. I spent uh, a month there. Uh, it was miserable. I took some photography classes. I lived in some area called Onslow Gardens. Does that ring a bell? Anything? Uh, Onslow? Hounslow. Onslow. No. Nothing? nothing see i what maybe i'm making it up it i is? don't fucking know it was richmond college Oh, okay so south yeah oh you know where that is i know where richmond is yeah yeah richmond is the name of an area yep oh i don't know if that was whatever so i was there i, I didn't do comedy or anything else i i uh and I, I i liked england but i i've not outside of being sent home from australia many years ago and, and going to scotland I've, and oh ireland recently Man. But, I mean, but a lot of good dudes come out of England, well, a few anyways, and you seem to have built your career there and found your style there. What makes uh, the comedy scene there uh, different than the States? Um,
1: well, I, know, I, I can't speak for the States, but I know in Canada um, that uh, it's easier to be cynical in London and not be viewed
0: as... Uh, a negative as, person?
1: Yeah, or like a boat rocker. You right know, oh, right. which okay. uh, i found uh, and again it could have just been the uh, venues that i was playing in canada but
0: uh, but I, this, uh, their sense of comedy see i've always been a little adverse to to british comedy only because i'm more geared towards uh, comedically n- not towards americans but you know uh i just never i never liked the shrill voices and dresses and uh, the hyper theatrics of british comedy uh, necessarily when i was a kid you know i liked monty python okay uh you know, i respect what they did but it didn't hit me on a gut level and i, I think so a lot of times uh, the brits don't reveal uh, a lot of themselves when they do stand up is that possible or yeah I not- no
1: it's true and a lot of the time uh, it's characters even when right even when they are um being uh, like not not under the guise of a character there's right. still being a character right. but uh, the class system is still very much at play over there so uh, how does that play into it well they, uh, you know there's uh, there's ownership of material uh, and uh, if somebody's perceived as um, as a uh, you know middle class they're like well you can't really talk about that you know really
0: yeah i th- i think uh, I think that's what. Where a lot of the uh, it, what's an example of that means the audience won't buy it?
1: Yeah, because it, they know they can tell. A lot, of, a lot of British guys don't use the real names because they they know just from a name, just just from your name, what your uh, where
0: you come from, what, what your, your parents family is.
1: financial background is.
0: And you're saying that, given that most of the audience is probably working class, that you've got to try to pass. Is that what you're saying?
1: No, the cl- the audiences will generally be mixed. Uh, mm-hmm. um, but uh they're 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 viewing it on a different level than than we can perceive if you just look at it from outside you're just like, well, an English accent is an English accent it's not uh there's you know and, and, and it's not even class like uh, somebody from uh Liverpool could be uh you know as soon as they start talking they'll uh, they'll go okay well he's he's a he's a thief 'cause that's a stereotype of oh uh, no scousers kidding. so the, there's there's a lot at play and there's a lot huh. There's there's a lot of reason that they mask that, and that's always been a problem I've had with um,
0: British comedy. Um, as a, as someone who who uh, watches it, or as somebody who's being working there,
1: uh, just watching it, um, they'll go out of their way to never say anything uh, racist. Like it would be it would be deemed as uh, you know, like you could get a show stopped. But a lot there's
0: a lot of that times that sounds like a good thing. Am I misreading you? No, no, not
1: oh. a, uh, not at all. Uh, it is a good thing. But a lot of the times you'll have uh, upper class people aping working class people oh, on okay. sa- on stage to get them to say what they'd want a working class person to say, and that is that is totally fine. But if you if you look at it, the same sort of uh, repression. Right. has been uh, been put onto the english working class uh, much more than any race because the other races haven't been there long enough like uh, i i had a i've got a working class friend in england who was talking to uh, an irish guy and the irish guy was saying how much uh, him and his family hated the english and he said well, I think you should define what you're saying, because if you're talking about the people that went over to Ireland that were English, uh, that is the gentry. And for as long as they've been shitting on you from a high height, they've been doing it much worse and for much longer to
0: us. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. You're right. Well, I guess I could go with any sort of ruling class in a way, huh? Mm. That's interesting, but I've also noticed that a lot of times people go from other countries. Like, I, you know, I don't want to name names, but there was a period of time where, like, several American comics were working over there, and many of them just couldn't make of a go of it here, and and some of the standards were a little different over there in terms of that, you know, what might be construed as as somewhat hackneyed uh, in an American club over there, they were just thrilled to have a Yank doing it.
1: Yep, yeah, that's uh, that's very true, but uh, it's uh, it's like the gold rush yeah get there how- first and you'll get the you'll get the best spot, so you're saying those days are over uh I'm saying that a lot of the uh a lot of the riverbed has been charted yeah but <laughs> you'll right. you'll, you'll, st- you'll stake a claim far up the
0: river where there may be no gold i get you so but but also then you have the case of Hicks who went over there because he was you know fundamentally uh misunderstood here and uh did not get the uh the the credit and attention that his his comedy deserved, and he went over there. And they just they enjoyed the, the the misanthropic political incisiveness of it because it was my understanding. And I still feel this. So I think I may be wrong that even a middle class Englishman is probably you know better educated than than most Americans.
1: Yeah. But uh, when you say middle class in England, uh, it means upper class.
0: Well, I'm just saying in like, general,
1: middle-class people like the, the yeah, it's...
0: there's a sophistication to the language and maybe I'm, I'm romanticizing it, you know, just because of the, the, the history of literature there, but just in, in, in understanding satire and because there is sort of a, a history of, of satire and stiff upper lip and, and sort of anger and, and uh, a, a tolerance of, of political and, and, and incisiveness that it just seems, even the way their government functions, it's very theatrical and a lot of screaming and people (laughs) seem... A lot of wigs. Yeah, and people seem to to be a little more tapped into it than they are here. It's just the dialogue of politics. Am I misreading uh, that?
1: No, um, it it was true. I mean, I wasn't there. uh, Hicks was over uh, just before me, Um, but uh, a couple of my buddies over there, um, have said that, yes, all those things, uh, were true, but, um, what they really liked about Hicks is that he was an American making fun of Americans.
0: Well, yeah, I I get that, you know, and and I've been in that situation before, but you know, the interesting thing is that, you know, he was really, you know, his making fun of Americans should have been a wake up call to Americans. Whereas I think that, (laughs) that when you do it elsewhere, you you could be saying anything, not even that sophisticated anti-American and he would probably be celebrated. That, that, you know, I thought his criticism of America was fairly sophisticated and and should have played to Americans. Uh, and I guess what I'm saying is that I've been in that situation where it's like, you know, I'm critical of my government or whatever, that over there they'd really like it. And I'm like, well, that's fine. But then I'm just an American shitting on my own country as opposed to wanting to speak to other Americans. Exacting
1: change in the place that you want to change. Yeah, because or, or then, trying then, to, then, right. then there's no catharsis going on because, if, you know, if, uh, yeah, if almost, your you're, ideas you're, are pure apply them in the right, place. Right, exactly. Yeah, It's
0: almost like you're being a traitor.
1: Yeah, you pick up the International yeah. Herald Tribune and you get your pen out and mm-hmm. then you go, and this is what else I'd like to change about that. Yeah. But, you know, shout it across the ocean.
0: But you don't, I mean, you, you seem to traverse in a different, like, uh, world that I think is also, you're slightly... I, I don't want to you know do you any diss- disservice but you know you're theatrical you're you you have a surrealistic way and a very lyrical way of presenting your stuff you know it it is it is heartfelt but also you know very poetic and it goes places that are very uh, become somewhat bizarre. I don't I don't see how this could be perceived as a disservice oh and and but you know you are a a singular entity that you know you don't you don't jump on anybody's coattails and you don't you know you're not if someone comes to a comedy club uh, just to see comedy if they saw you they'd be like wow that was much more interesting than I I might have anticipated (laughs) which is all a good thing but I'm just wondering if that you found that that was received better in England than other places
1: I think it was born in England. Uh, uh you know, when you uh, got there
0: you were just a joke guy.
1: Yeah, well I was 20. Yeah, 22, no, I 23 yeah. Uh, yeah. you know. How old are you now?
0: 35. Yeah. So you developed. You you were yeah. able to find your uh take your stage there.
1: Yeah, but then I mean it's it's ever uh, it's it's ever changing cuz uh, from that platform I jumped off and uh, now um performing globally and I find that uh things are uh th- things are shifting to um where uh where i am at the uh at the time and that's why america is so exciting to me uh and i have to remind myself of that uh that uh the um the the best jokes uh i'll perform in america are still to come because i you know I have to be here for a while the, the right jokes... and
0: the good thing is is that you have you have your voice now you just have to fill it with new things yeah and and how's your experience been and by the way welcome to my oh, country thank you it's very nice to see you it's uh, good to be here. <laughs> what have you been finding how's your experience been in the in the couple of weeks you've been here in Los Angeles
1: um i've really been in maybe it's just cuz i'm reading a book about the klondike right now but uh it it really feels like uh like, I've, I'm I'm heading up to uh, Alaska in, uh, in the late 1800s. Just, <laughs> like, right down from uh, the shysters that you could meet along the way and uh, sure. the amount of stuff that you have with uh, you all plays a role of whether or not you can get to Dawson City.
0: Yeah, they see you coming. Oh, yeah. We got a fresh one.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, I remember, because I've been coming to America on and off for the last couple of years, and I used to see... Um, you know, friends of mine who'd make in the L.A. move, and there was just a worry in their eyes. Um, you know, if you if you met them in within the first six months of being here, just uh, like, uh, what have I done? Why didn't I?
0: Why didn't I stay? Where uh, I'm a big fish, and everyone yeah. knows my name. Well, I mean, there there. I think that's a natural response: is that you realize, like, Ian, you know, this is the cradle of show business, and this is where you know careers are made. But this is also where everyone in the fucking world comes to, to realize those dreams. So yeah. to, once you first get here, you're like, how am I going to separate myself from this pack of dreamers? And, and then, you know, you've got to look at your own resources and, and at that point, you know, not let yourself be erased by fear and, and realize like, you know, I'm a guy, I've done some work, I've got something unique to offer, you know, who do I got to talk to, to get where I need to be? Yeah. <laughs> and and a lot of the times it's you you just have to talk to yourself yeah and, because you yeah. can't get a meeting with that guy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But good luck, man. It was great talking to you.
1: Thanks, man. I've enjoyed the shit out of that, Mark. Anytime you want me to come back, I'll. Uh, uh, I guess I gotta wait another ten years, so I got more stories.
0: But no, yeah. no, I don't think we've <laughs> even uh, hit the surface. From from what it sounds, you might be. Uh, you might be renting my garage soon.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a couple of calls on your phone. Inquiring.
0: Right. I better go listen to them.
1: <laughs> Glen Wool, Mark Marin.
0: I got to tell you, Brendan. I mean, I've been here for what three days. I'm glad I don't live here. I was happy to see the snow. I went to the theater. I went to Carnegie Deli. I went to. Yeah, uh, I. I just love being. What is it? You got to be kidding me! You got fucking kidding me! Sam Cedar is at the door. Come on, come on in, man. Holy shit! Hey. What's up? What are you guys doing? How'd you even find us here?
2: Well, I had no idea you were even here. What?
0: What are you doing here?
2: Uh, well, actually I'm going to, there's a seminar just upstairs in the, uh, mezzanine area,
0: uh-huh.
2: uh, real estate <laughs> with no money down and I was just heading over there. Uh, all right. All uh, oh, right. hey I got something for you.
0: Oh, you got a whole bag of shit. What's, oh, what is see going you. on?
2: I can't headphones. Po- I haven't seen these uh, uh, at all. Test one, two. Hey, <laughs> yeah. Hey, look at me. I'm on the radio. <laughs> Sam Cedar back on the mic. Hey folks. How's everybody doing oh, out there shit. in the radio world? It's good to That's see you. I got you, a man. present for you.
0: What do you got? Well, looks like you got a lot of them, whatever they are. Yeah, I got a
2: whole bag full.
0: <laughs> I'm not uh, here. Oh shit! Thanks, man. Yeah. Look at that DVDs, Brendan, for you. Oh, here you go. Thank Who's you. the caboose? This yep. is the the movie. That's a movie. And I pilot season is the entire. Is this all of it? Pilots, uh,
2: Who's the Caboose is a movie, as you know, I shot, uh, uh, directed uh, many, many years ago. I was in it. You were in it briefly. I, op- I opened. Uh,
0: Why do you guys say briefly? Well, Why? I'm, because
2: I'm leading up to pilot season, which is the series where we caught on and we used your expertise more. Right. Who's the Caboose stars Sil- Sarah Silverman right. and uh, Cross and Benjamin and- the whole, Andy Dick's on the uh, Andy cover. Dick and there's a lot of pictures and, of-, of- Waterman and-
0: Kathy Griffin, is that? Kathy Griffin is in, in the- Carrie uh, Prusso? Season? I mean, you found room for Carrie Prusso, but no picture of Mark Maron. Well, on no, either no, one.
2: No. And um, mm. actually, your, your buddy Matthew did the, the cover, so you might want to complain to him. And then Pilot Season, which is the miniseries sequel, six episodes plus two hours of extras, that uh, you are uh, in, you're all over that thing. And I, I have a bag of them. I'm not- I mean, I we got to keep it quiet. I'm not right. technically supposed to give them to you because- right. I've licensed out this area in the city right. to a friend of mine from Nigeria. He sells these on the street. So, right down mid-town. here. Oh, yeah. okay. All right. So, you I'm got I'm not p- supposed to give them out on the weekends. If it was a weekday, I could give it. So, let me just take those
0: back. All right. Well, take those back. So, maybe I should just order um, from the site. Where do I? Where well, can you people- could go to pilotseasondvds.com.
2: Pilotseasondvds.com uh, and cross. Benjamin, probably Ross Broccoli, Sarah Silverman, Isla Fisher, Mark Marin.
0: It's else? a it's a big cast. It was a oh, good it's a great, time. It's a great, and it's a, it's well, that's great. Stuff. But I could also get them on the street in Midtown. What what did we like Sixth Avenue and what th- in the thirties? You the know, guy?
2: I just basically I give different people territories. Uh-huh. And they do it whatever they wherever they sell up this, set up their table, and that's basically how does it, it.
0: how does it sell on, on that level? I mean, I, I don't wouldn't understand the pitch. I mean, other than what you just did, I can't see. Does it sell pretty well on the street, or?
2: I mean, it does all right. I mean, you yeah. guys, I, I, you know, I, I'm <laughs> handing out wholesale. But I'll tell you what I'm going to do for your listeners. Yeah. The first ten callers. Yeah. To call right now. Yeah. Uh, as soon as we get the first ten callers, I will, I will give them a free uh, DVD. If I mail it from a different location, I'm not going to be screwing up my licensing deals with the guys. So okay, so right the street. first ten
0: callers, uh, right now. What uh, is the call in number? It's what is. What, do we have a call in number? It's a. Ta- we're taping, but I was going to play along with taping. it because I thought it was, yeah, this isn't live. There's, there's no live. But no. look, if you can figure out how, call in, and Sam will give you. A, we'll send you a oh. DVD. Well, oh. we'll see what happens. I mean, when when I run this, if That's people, this f- is it taped. Yeah, oh. it's all taped. It's a podcast. I'm doing a podcast. WTF. No, I'm not familiar. It's you can get it on iTunes or uh, w- iTunes? WTFpot.com. Never yeah. iTunes. Yeah. Well, no, never. but it's good to see you. It's an interesting coincidence. What time's your seminar because this isn't this seems to take a I actually turn. got plenty of time.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know, I listen to um, I listen yeah. to uh, are we done with the play? Are we done with that playlet?
0: The playlet? Oh, was that yeah, a play? We, is this going to be a full interview or what? I do want to talk to you though. Uh-huh. So, what the fuck have you been doing? Well, I mean, I don't talk to you. People are asking me, "Do you ever talk to Sam?" I'm spent like, what? most of my
2: time writing this little playlet that we just did. That's basically I thought that was improvised the past three or four months. You call it a playlet? Well, I mean, <laughs> I've never even heard that word. When you are a uh, actor of my caliber, yeah, and I am now available for acting gigs, incidentally. And you can contact Sam at. Uh...
0: Oh, God. I don't know. PilotseasonDVDs.com. They if you can also, buy something, I'll know you're interested in it. Yeah. Maybe put a memo in the PayPal box right. that Sam, we're interested in having you do a local TV commercial right. for my car place. Right.
2: I'll do original voiceovers, yeah. anything. <laughs> yeah. Um I listen
0: to your, uh, I listen, you
2: know, I listen to uh, uh, WTF. WTF. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's what it is. You can get it right at WTFpod.com.
2: Right. Well, I think most people know that uh, they wouldn't be
0: listening to it. All right. Well, I'm just plugging because right? you're. I mean, all right. All right. All right. All right. So you've been <laughs> listening. Were you going to say something nice or what? what were no. You doing? <laughs> no. What? No. I listened what? to the one with
2: Benjamin. I oh. thought that was really. I thought it was strange. Well, let's have you address that, Sam, because he said that you were his bully in that. Yeah. Well. No. Well, that's an easy
0: thing to address. John is a pathological liar. Yeah. I mean, you know that, right? I I didn't know that. I mean, I know that you guys play with each Have you had Cross
2: you. on? You've had Cross on, right? We
0: had him on early on. Did yeah. you ask
2: Cross? If, uh, if uh, Benjamin? John, yeah. Uh, say, John Benjamin, pathological liar, or no. He'll just say yes.
0: But so you're saying that everything John said about you was not true? 98% of it. I mean, I but think- But you guys were friends, right? No, we still are friends. Okay. So what wasn't true? That you be, you didn't beat him up or his pick on him? His whole
2: fantasy that I was his bully. Uh, yeah. I actually was not his bully. I was his friend's bully. Oh, okay. Yeah, Robbie (laughs) Polanski, and Benjamin tried to weasel in to (laughs) To our relationship. Right. You know, so like the whole thing was like Robbie Polanski had this thing where okay, I didn't like him. uh, He didn't like me. I was fat. He would call me fat names. Yeah. And so I beat him up at a bar mitzvah. Mm -hmm. And then Benjamin's like so desperate for attention. Yeah. That he tries to weasel in on this whole
0: thing. Like,
2: like, hey, look at me, yeah. Sam. Yeah.
0: Did he call you fat? And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and
2: I'm just like, I I'm not that interested. <laughs> In bullying you? Yeah, he's just too small. There's no <laughs> there's no sport to it. And so then over the years, he's yeah. developed this, like, you know, that's why, like, he, I, he was talking about how we went to college together, or we ended up at the same college, literally yeah. across the hall. Like, his dorm door was three feet further away from me than you're sitting from me now. Yeah. And... um and I'm listening to the podcast. He's making this whole dramatic thing like, like, ah, uh, you know, for years he was bullying me. No, that's not true. I mean, I went to parties at his house in high school. In junior high, he tried to gain some attention by getting bullied by me, and I wouldn't do it.
0: Oh, so the, so he's got some uh, resentment about that. Well,
2: and now he's created this sort of bizarre fiction in his head Yeah, that is just, it's weird. Man. Yeah. It's well, very weird. People, and then I thought- yeah. I thought the way that you dealt with him was a little bit strange, too, frankly. What, what, do, what happened? I don't know. It was just very, you were weird. You were a little bit weird with him. I was? Well, I not even also, remember. I remember so... you said that I bullied you, too, which actually, I feel like maybe you and I should step out of I, the I, studio I, for a second and deal with
0: it. I felt that you were bullying me when you came in. Even when you're nice, I feel bullied by you. I, well, I mean, that's it, different than me bullying you. Isn't I don't. It? I don't know. Maybe if you have two people making up these big, elu- you know, delusions that they're being bullied by you, maybe well, you have to address the fact. Let's that- ask. Let's ask Brendan. Brendan. Yeah.
2: Yes, if sir. I feel warm in a studio <laughs> that is like 45 degrees. Is it warm in the studio, or is it that I feel warm?
0: See what you're doing. You're talking to Brendan about me, and you're basically calling me some well, sort no. of delusional idiot. You're bullying me right now. I'm not bullying you. Let me ask you then, yeah. Mark.
2: If I feel warm yeah. in the studio, and it's 45 degrees in the studio, yeah, is it warm in the studio?
0: Well, to, to me, I it mean, would be. Let's say it, there's to other you would people. Be warm. In it. Let's say there's to other you, people in. My mother has very. So she's always cold.
2: No, so it's so. No, no, no! So it's not that-, that your mother's always cold. It's always cold wherever your mother is. Is always cold. If we're to believe, well, what if you're going you're saying- to
0: believe that temperatures are relative to to certain you know feelings, mm-hmm. just based on some average, mm-hmm. then you're right. That there's a logic to that. Well,
2: but- tell me the other way that uh, we could go about uh, talking about because temperature is specifically relative.
0: No, I, but I think that we're living in a day and age. We have to let those paradigms go. That, like, if you feel warm, it's warm.
2: Okay, so if you feel like I bully you, then I'm I'm bullying you. you that's necessarily. right. Exactly. Hmm.
0: Now, I does think, that work
2: both ways? Sure, if you'd okay, like it. Well, to. I feel like you make up things. <laughs> <laughs> so? I understand your logic, and I, I think that pilot too. season DVD <laughs> com. DVD or DVDs, frankly dot com. I think I have both of them. I can't even tell you, like, what- How they sell it, Seb. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This is the biggest advertising push. (laughs) I'm not kidding. That, and I tweeted it once. (laughs) I had a conversation. I got an email from a guy, literally last week, Mm -hmm. from a a DVD distribution company.
0: Yeah. And I got on the phone with him. Was he asking about it specifically, or another question? Yeah, no, no.
2: He said, listen- Where'd you get these pressed? How much- (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like what? I know you put barcodes on there. Why would you have done that? Uh, he he said. So I don't know if you are uh, talking. You know, if you have a distribution deal. And I was just, I just like. It never occurred to me, to actually try and get it
0: distributed by but, a distributor. I mean, that's how we can put that out there because I have a lot of distributors that listen. This
2: um, distribution company seems to be very good, actually. I mean, yeah. they're legit.
0: So are they going to do it? Probably not. Yeah.
2: There's a couple of things I wanted to actually mention.
0: Because we can just if, say uh, you have uh, a PayPal account and people can just put money in it.
2: Yeah, I don't want to go that route right. yet. Okay. Yet. Right. Uh, but if people uh, I do have an M-Box do you remember? Like I, I bought it like years ago. I found it. I'd like to sell that.
0: The Nambox. box. Oh, talk about the sculpture because yes, trying- and I got
2: a Giger sculpture. <laughs> I bought years ago when I had money. Back when I used to do sitcoms, <laughs> That's what and you, I had that, money.
0: That was your art investment. That-, that was
2: my art investment. And actually, according to what they're selling it now, it has accrued a lot of money. Uh huh. And what is that? That's like a thing from Alien. It, he, it's the guy who did Alien, that, and, and this is a uh, birth machine li- baby.
0: A birth machine baby. That's what it's yeah. called. Yeah, and it's cool. You... It's
2: totally, honestly, I'm not kidding. It's totally up your alley.
0: My alley? Yeah. I don't even like science fiction that much.
2: It, it, it's like it's post-apocalyptic. It's dark. It's has Where problems would put with. It? He has a lot of problems with his mother, Giger. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah, seriously. That Alien was How modeled much? after How much? his mother. For you, yeah. it's gonna be a special deal. I can't even say it
0: on air. Okay. Well, yeah, I I think you tried mean, we to we can s- do a payment plan. Do you do you know how many times you tried to sell this to me? Do you
2: know how many times you know how many people could say that? <laughs> <laughs> That's like a like that's like a code now. Have you put it up on? Right? I just I just I put a listing on like some uh, Hollywood bulletin boards, and that's just basically my way of saying please hire me. <laughs> my, Does anybody? Buy- all I need is Does anybody like Giger? <laughs> and then like three producers go. Oh, Cedar's in big trouble. <laughs> he needs money bad. Oh. Did you put it up on PayPal or not PayPal on uh, eBay? I did a long time ago. Last time I had I had like an economic cri- crisis.
0: Yeah. Did anyone bid on it? One guy said, "How do we know this is real?" Uh, uh-huh. and how'd you answer that? Uh, how do Send you know anything
2: is real? I don't know. You know, maybe you don't exist either. I mean, what am I going to do?
0: So now let's get back to the temperature discussion. It sounds like you're coming around my way. <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, but I was just having a conversation with you about something you said, and you God, mean, I'm just surrounded by liars. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Seriously, let me borrow some money.
0: Okay, Sam Cedar, ladies and gentlemen, I'll give you some money. All right, Pilot season DVDs. I mean goodbye dot com right. okay. PilotSeasonDVDs.com. <laughs> All right, so that's it. Uh, I want to thank Glenn wool. I, it's always fun for me because I don't know a lot of British comics. I don't know a lot of people that work internationally. you know, I met him in Edinburgh and it was great to talk to him. Of course, Sam Cedar, you can go to pilot season DVDs. Dot com. You can see a lot of the people that we've had on this show in that series. It's very funny. And, oh, wait, I think I forgot. Hold on. Pow! I think I shit my pants. op available at WTFPod.com, along with WTF t-shirts, Nerdcock t-shirts, the ability to donate to our show. And if you'd like to know anything about what's going on in the world of comedy, PunchlineMagazine.com. Thanks for listening to WTF I'm going to bed.